Hey guys, welcome back to another Friday solo episode of the show. Today, I'm diving into AI with the caveat that I am not an AI or a tech expert, but I am an expert somewhat on on legal. And so looking at all of the chatter that's gone across LinkedIn in the last couple of weeks, and then especially with this new report that's out by Goldman Sachs on March 26th, that 44% of tasks done in the legal industry can be replaced by AI within the next couple of years is really scary. And so I wanted to dive into some of the literature, do a little bit of a roundup of articles that I've found about that, and then give you some ways that I think AI is going to affect my practice and your practice. So here we go. Welcome to Time Freedom for Lawyers, where the goal is to become less busy, make more money, and spend more time doing what you want instead of what you have to bringing together guests from all walks of life who are living a life of their own design and sharing actionable tips for how you too can live the life of your dreams. Now, here's your host, Brian Glass. All right, so Goldman Sachs has this new uh, report out by the Global Economics Analyst dated March 26. It came out at 9.05 p.m., which I just think is an interesting time to release Uh, a fairly important AI report. And what they do is they dive into across all spectrums of work, what tasks and what jobs does AI have the capability to replace, to complement, and and then in what tasks can AI like do nothing. And Goldman says the good news (laughs) is that we've seen worker displacement before and anytime historically that we've had automation come into the marketplace and offset and eliminate jobs. It's also created new jobs and it's created better paying jobs. And so the interesting thing like for lawyers is for a long time, we thought the people whose jobs were going to be impacted and replaced by AI and by robots were the people at McDonald's flipping burgers. And this for a long time, especially in conservative circles, was the rally cry around not increasing minimum wages, right? If if the minimum wage increases so far beyond the value of that job, then McDonald's is just going to figure out how to get a robot to flip the hamburgers. And yet, as Goldman's report kind of details, a lot of jobs, and especially in thing, in sectors like production, food, maintenance, repair, and yard working, these are the kinds of jobs that are not going to be impacted, says Goldman, by AI and by automation. Lawyers, however, in the crosshairs. Of the 13 sectors that Goldman's report looked at, lawyers and legal ranked the highest in work that could be fully automated in the US and Europe by AI. Goldman saying that 44% of tasks that occur in the legal space right now could be performed by AI. Another 60% of the tasks could be supplemented by AI. Goldman, according to their report, found no task (laughs) that legal performs that couldn't be at least complemented by AI, which is interesting. There is nothing that you are currently doing, says Goldman, that AI could not make just a little bit better. In doing some research for this podcast, I found an article from the ABA talking about seven ways that the artificial intelligence could benefit your law firm. And it starts with this line. Have you heard the buzz? Artificial intelligence is taking the legal world by storm and lawyers are embracing the change despite their traditional resistance to technology. And boy, is that true. The good news for you is that this article is from 2017. And so six years ago, even the American Bar Association, who's regularly well behind the times, thought that AI was going to come and take the legal world by storm. And 
at least in my practice in the last six years, that hasn't really happened. ABA says AI is going to produce higher work quality, improve organizational logic and structure and enhance creative analysis and give you indications of persuasive precedence. And there is now technology out there that's able to do that. So we were just looking at in our firm earlier today, this product called Case Text that takes a brief in a, as a Word document. You can upload your brief or you can upload the opposing party's brief and Case Text will run and pull for you all of the cases that are cited in that brief. It will pull for you the treatment that was given to all of those cases. It'll tell you whether it had some negative treatment after the opinion was written. It'll tell you, in fact, whether somebody has even gone out and blogged and given some treatment on the internet, not even in like formal circles, to those cases. My fear with using AI in, in brief writing would be that it cited a case among the 35 cases that it chose to cite that didn't actually stand for the proposition that we said it did. And so, and that that would then be used as a sword against us in the follow-up brief. But case text gives you the sword, puts the sword in your hands to run the other guy's brief through your system and see whether they have miscited anything. So that's an example of how it's augmenting the practice already. But it occurs to me with the naivete of somebody who's never operated in a big firm environment, that that is exactly what a third to a sixth year associate in a big firm does. It's like, <laughs> hey, make sure that all the cases that we cited actually stand for the propositions that we think they stand for. Go out and find me eight other cases. Go and read all the cases cited by the other guy and find the holes in them. And so one concern that I would have if I were a third to six year associate in a big firm who were not generating cases on my own, did not have clients on my own, but was at the mercy of a brief writer is that my entire book of business just went up in flames, right? All of my billable hours were just chopped by this computer program that does exactly what I'm paid six figures and beyond to do. That would be very, very concerning to me. And so if you find yourself in that position, I have a couple of podcasts about what I would have done coming into a global recession, what I did on in my own practice, graduating into a global recession to kind of recession-proof my practice. And I would commend those to you because I think you can just replace the word recession with AI, right? How can you AI-proof your practice going forward, build an actual business for yourself and not get hung up on, uh, on the fact that your job and your hours might be going out the window? Because one of the things that I don't think AI is ever going to be able to do is understand the complex nuances of our clients and the desires of any individual client. And so let me tell you what I mean by that. So in, in my world, the goal is not always to maximize the amount of dollars going into the client's pocket, because that might mean taking on risk that the client isn't comfortable with or extending litigation beyond a time period that the client is comfortable with. Clients sometimes need money sooner than later. Sometimes sometimes there are things that are outside of the monetary arena that are important to the client. Now, in 98% of cases, that's not the case, but every once in a while, there's a client that's got an important thing over here. I, I don't want to litigate this case because I don't want them to know about any of my prior medical history. I don't want to litigate this case because I don't want to be deposed and be asked questions about whatever it is. And so having those intimate conversations with your clients and understanding what their soft needs are beyond the case result is something that I don't think you're going to be able to feed an AI like a chat CPT and and get a result 
that tells you what to do with that client's problem. And so in that way, AI will augment what we're doing because it's going to make us better litigators and it's going to cut down on the amount of time that we have to spend solving these problems. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe you can feed this into a machine or maybe you can feed it into a machine and say, give me seven possible outcomes and then the client can choose the one that they think is the best. But I, I think that maintaining those soft touch points with your clients is going to be something that AI is not likely to catch up to us on in any reasonable time period. Another article I found is by Aaron Solomon at Fortune. It's titled, Will Artificial Intelligence Replace Your Lawyer? And Will Its Name Be Harvey? Is talking about uh, this product is uh, called Harvey, I think invented by or, or purchased by a law firm called Allen & Overy. It's a London-based law firm. And the conclusion that Aaron Solomon draws towards the middle of this article is that no, AI legal technology products will not change the legal industry's business model, at least not at the top of the pyramid. And that, I think, is a really important point that we're going to come back to. He says, large law firms are built on an ownership structure where partners get to keep a share of the profits each year. Not only is it extremely hard to convince partners to put some of the money back into the firm in the form of research, development, and technology implementation, it's often practically impossible as many of these firm's owners are close to the end of their career and don't want to invest anything. They want their annual share and that's it. And AI won't replace lawyers. That's the end of the quote from him. But I I think what's important there is he's talking about the guys at the top of the business model, right? The problem with the guys at the top of the business model is that a lot of those profits that show up at the end of the year are based on the billing done by the guys in the middle and the bottom of the business model. And so what happens when those billings go up in smoke? I I think that what we're going to see is a lot of large law firms lose a huge chunk of their revenue and fold for that reason. And so then I think as a result of that, the solo and the small law firm market is going to be flooded by a lot more competition. I think there are going to be in the next couple of years, a lot of big law lawyers, a lot of very smart guys and girls who are leaving the big law practice and coming to eat your lunch as an estate planner or as an injury lawyer or as a criminal defense lawyer. I think our market is about to get a whole lot more crowded. Solomon goes on to to conclude at the end, though, here's a harsh reality. He says, 20 years from now, almost all lawyers will practice law the way that they did 20 years ago. He might be right about that. Again, going back to that ABA article from 2017, said AI is here. I haven't really seen AI here in the last six years. But when I was out in San Diego for a brain injury legal conference a couple of weeks ago, you know, AI was a, a topic of discussion in one of the rooms. And many people in the room, a shocking number of people in the room, had not actually heard of chat CPT. And I can never remember if it's chat CPT, CGT, CPG. So I'm sorry, I'm, I know that I'm screwing that up. But many of the people in the room hadn't even heard of it. And so hopefully you have, hopefully you're not that far behind the curve. But it, it would not be surprising if you went into a, a room of older lawyers and asked them about this thing. And as many as 40 or 50% of them didn't know about it. And I'll tell you a story about lawyers being averse to technological changes. We were in the process of interviewing for a new lawyer at our firm. And, and one of the young lawyers that we talked to said that the firm that she's at, they don't even have laptops. I'm like, how, how did you guys survive the pandemic? You still have a desktop. You weren't able to come to work or you weren't supposed to come to work. How did that happen? And so like the state of technology across law firms, especially across mid to small regionally based firms where all of the partners have gray hair, the state of technology adoption is not very good. So the question that I ask in in all of these things, right? I can't control the outcome. I can't control whether AI is coming 
or whether it's not. And so I don't really worry about that. I ask, how can I use it to my benefit? I don't waste any time at all trying to fight against this thing that is in all likelihood coming, which is the opposite response of what the traditional bar uh, does. So if you remember from earlier this year, there was like this robot lawyer that had been, I think, invented again in England. Like England is the technology haven for robot legal, I guess. But they had this first ever AI powered legal defense thing. And I don't know if it was an actual lawyer or actual robot or not, but it was set to take place in California on February 22nd. And, And as word got out, Apparently, several state bar associations threatened the owner of this company with referrals to the district attorney's office for prosecution and prison time for practicing law without a license. And it's the same stupid response to the advancement of technology and the advancement of something that consumers or clients actually might want that the traditional bar had to things like LegalZoom, where you could go online and write a will just on your computer. Like, is that a good thing to do? Probably not. If you have any kind of complexity to your estate, is it a threat to some shitty lawyers practices because they can't compete with the pricing and with the ease with which LegalZoom is operating? Yes, of course it is. And so what happens is these small shitty lawyers, they complain to the state bar and the state bar goes and does things like threaten to put the robot in jail for practicing without a license. Some some state bar associations sent this guy a message saying, hey, just so you know, it's a misdemeanor in California and it's punishable by up to six months in jail. What a stupid, stupid response. And so the better response, if you are business minded at all, is to think about the ways that the companies that you litigate against are likely to use AI in similarly stupid ways and to figure out for yourself an end run and a business opportunity there. So just kind of like coincidentally, this article came out in ProPublica earlier this week also about how Cigna is saving millions of dollars by having its doctors reject claims without even reading them. And it's kind of a deep dive into a Cigna health insurance plan where Cigna came up with this system and reason for rejecting a claim called procedure to diagnosis. And they had this whole list of treatments and they had a list of diagnosis codes. And if the diagnosis listed on the bill didn't match up to the treatment that the insured was seeking, they just denied the claim. What a beautiful way to save a bunch of money without looking at a single medical record. And then there's a, there's a note or an anecdote in this article from a former Cigna doctor, medical record reviewer doctor. So we'd literally click and submit. He says, it would take all of 10 seconds to do 50 at a time, just looking through these claims, finding the things, and the computer probably found the things that didn't link up. And he'd just mass click and deny 50 claims in the span of 10 seconds. And so that, my friends, is how the insurance companies that we sue all the time are going to use this AI. They're going to figure out how can we in a more quickly and efficient manner deny claims? And so what you need to figure out is how can we identify those areas where insurance companies might do this, identify areas and states that have good, bad faith laws, where if an insurance company is doing this because they're big and they're stupid and they put out a blanket procedure across all 50 states without reasoning that in this state, we have an obligation to actually conduct a review of the medical bills and the records for whether they're reasonable or not, and figure out how to implement a practice in that area with ads targeted to that area where we can generate 
hundreds of cases because there are going to be hundreds of cases here. This is going to be the next class action is somebody suing Cigna on behalf of hundreds and thousands of people whose claims were denied, not by the quote Cigna doctor who looked at and actually reviewed the record. Cause that's what it looks like when you get these explanations of benefits with a denial of treatment, there's always some doctor's signature at the bottom of it with some cursory explanation that we now know is generated by a bot that says this modality is not approved for treatment for this diagnosis. And so now that we know that, what can we do to insert ourselves into those markets? So my team is looking at how can we get involved in health insurance denial claims and how can we turn those into money? And there will be many, many, many other examples just like this because insurance companies are big and they're stupid and they're always looking for shortcuts. And so you just have to have your eyes out for this. You just have to be thinking opportunistically about AI and technology that's coming and not be worried that it's going to come and eat your lunch. Because if you know about it, you can do something about it. It's the guys and girls who are still operating on desktop computers that are linked to a hard server who haven't paid attention to any technology in the last 15, 20 years who are going to have real problems when they're up against the robot computers or the brief writers that can do in the span of five minutes, what it used to take you and your associates five days to do. And what's going to happen is that companies are going to utilize now these solo and small firm lawyers who have figured out a way to get out from their big corporate fancy offices with their big high paid partners and figured out a way to more efficiently run and build these cases. So the revolution is coming for solo and small firm lawyers, and you can either be a victim of it or you can be part of it. Thank you for listening to Time Freedom for Lawyers. Like what you heard? Please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Interested in hearing more from Brian? Head over to timefreedompodcast.com and sign up for our weekly email newsletter.